Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Stevens Creek. How you feeling? Good, good. So I, I know you're wondering, and the answer is yes. Yes, I'm related to Jimi Hendrix, and yes, I considered wearing that outfit this morning to preach. But for those of you who are new, I didn't want to scare you off. Um, Welcome to church this morning. It is a great day to be in church. Those of you who are joining us at our South Augusta campus, can we give it up for our South Augusta campus? Also, those of you watching online, it is a great day to be in church. We are starting a brand new series today called Like a Flood. And uh, we're really just talking about how God really wants to invade our lives. In a time of so much um, division on what side is the right side, God is not coming to pick sides. He is coming to take over, and he's going to announce his word and what he desires for our life. You know, uh, when we look at the flood account in the book of Genesis, a lot of times we see it as a destructive account. But really, it's a redemptive account how God can make new things even if the old thing was a corrupted thing. So uh, we're going to get started today, and it's going to be a great day. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter 1, starting at verse 3. Galatians chapter 1, starting at the third verse. And it reads, May God the Father... And our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day and this opportunity to share in your word. I pray that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you would say in Jesus' name, amen. So uh, there was a salesman who was driving down the road. He was uh, on the highway in an unfamiliar town, and this salesman passed this barn, and this barn caught his attention because there was a bullseye on the barn. And what really grasped his attention is the fact that there was a 100 arrows dead center Uh, of the bullseye, and he was so amazed how someone could be so consistent and so accurate shooting a bow and arrow. He continued to ride down the road, and curiosity got the best of him. He got off the exit, turned around, and went back to this barn, searching to find this marksman who was so accurate with the bow and arrow. He saw a farmer off to the side, and he said, excuse me, sir, can you point me in the direction of the excellent marksman who shot these bow and arrows over and over in the center and in the middle? And the farmer began to laugh, and he said, I, I can point 
future to him, but I don't know what good he will be to you. It is my 20-year-old son, and I have to be honest, sir, he is the worst marksman in all of town. He's the worst marksman in all of town, but he found a girl that he wanted to impress, and so he came to the side of the barn and shot over 100 arrows, and he painted a bullseye where those arrows landed in order to impress her. Now, this salesman was so upset. He began to walk away and he was frustrated because he had turned and walked in the wrong and drove in the wrong direction because of a ruse, a lie, and deception. And he learned a valuable lesson that things are not always the way they seem. And more than ever, I think we are learning that lesson in our culture and day to day is that things are not always the way they seem. If you spend any time watching the news from one day to the next, things are shifted and are different. If you spend any time on social media, what's okay and what's popular shifts from one day to the next. Things are not always the way they seem. It seems like everything that can be shaken is being shaken. Everything that can be twisted is being twisted. And every single place you look, deception is lurking, trying to trap us into thinking differently about the truth, thinking differently about what is really accurate. This is the issue in uh, the church of Galatia. It is a ruse, a lie, and deception that causes Paul or provokes Paul, who was inspired by the Holy Spirit, to write this book that we know of Galatians. It is uh, this book of Galatians that is written because there was deception that showed up in the church. Outside agitators begin to show up and begin to twist and warp the real meaning of salvation. They wanted to prove a different uh, word as true. They wanted to add some labels on what it meant to be saved. And Paul, in a, a fit, I would say, in a fit of rage, begins to write like he's writing, running out of time in response to this deception that showed up in the church. If you read uh, the book of Ephesians, it's a loving letter written to friends of Paul's. If you look at the book of Philippians, although Paul is in prison, it's a loving letter. If you look at the book of Romans, Paul is uh, saying with great um, educated and eloquent words uh, all the matters of grace and all those things. But when you get to Galatians, you see the other side of Paul. You know, I know everybody is nice every day, but when somebody pushes the wrong button and they meet your full government name, not just Susie, but Susan McCall, that that, that they meet who you really are when your buttons get pushed. This is Paul in Galatians. Paul, uh, Galatians is laced with uh, agitation, frustration, anger, and sarcasm. Paul is responding to deception that has showed up in the church. And here's the reality. Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this because God does not want us to be deceived. And although there is noise on the left and the right in the front and in the back, God has his way of speaking and he is going to flood out every other noise and allow his truth to be heard and to be seen. And here's the truth. God wants to flood our lives with his truth so that we are changed forever. He wants to flood our lives with his truth that will change us 
forever. And in these short verses that we have read this morning, the truth that Paul is declaring is that salvation has come like a flood. That I know you guys have a discrepancy on what it looks like and what it really is, but here's the message that Paul is trying to announce, and he wrote it over uh, 2,000 years ago, and it's echoing to us today, is that God has sent salvation like a flood to invade our space, to transform our lives for the good and for the better. And the book of Galatians, uh, Paul begins this writing in verse 3, 4, and 5 as an expression of a prayer and a blessing. In the first part of this, he says to uh, uh, the people who he's writing to, he says, may God, our Father, may God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Y'all, this is the message of the gospel this combination of grace and peace. This is the good news of the gospel. That word grace means unmerited favor. It is not something that we deserve, but it's something that is given to us. It's a gift from God. Ephesians 2 and 8 uh, paints this picture pretty good. Ephesians 2 and 8, I, I love how Paul begins to explain this because he, he tells us, for we are saved by grace through faith. It is, we are saved by grace through faith and it's not by, it is not our doing. It is not our doing, but it is a gift of God. We are saved by grace through faith and it is not our doing. You can't do this. You are not able to do it on your own. You are not able to earn it. It is a gift of God. And here's the first truth that God wants to flood our lives with, is that salvation is not something that we earn. Salvation is a gift of grace that we get to receive. Salvation is not something we are able to manufacture. It's not something that we are able to do these 10 things and we're able to do that. And now we earn salvation. Salvation is a free gift that God gives us. He grants us this gift of salvation. But what, what is salvation? It's grace. It's a free gift, but it is peace. And salvation gives us peace with God and peace from God. There's this duality of it, that there are two kind of peace that God's salvation has intended to bring us. John 14 and 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Here's the message that Jesus is trying to say is that through salvation, I've made things right between you and God. There used to be a, a, a schism. There used to be a separation. But what salvation does is it bridges the gap between us and God and makes things right. And then salvation is able to give us an internal peace. 
there's the vertical aspect and there's the internal aspect that salvation brings us peace through. And this is what separates Christianity from every single other religion. Because everything else says you've got to earn it. You've got to work for it. You've got to say this five times and you've got to do this for the rest of your life in order to earn salvation. And what God says is you cannot do it on your own and that I am the only one who can do it and I'm going to give you this uh, free gift of grace that will give you peace with me and peace internally. You see, peace is the spiritual well-being that comes from a right relationship with God. And you can't do this on your own. We are not able to do this. We cannot purchase it or earn it. You know, the other day, um, I went on a a dangerous journey uh, to this place called Walmart. And (laughs) you understand. I went to this place called Walmart. And whenever I go, I begin to prepare myself. I, I pray and I focus because I know anything can happen in Walmart. And so I park my car and I make sure I grab my son because I've forgotten him in the car before, but that's another story. I'll tell y'all that another day. So I make sure I get my son and I get, in the car, get into Walmart and we pick up all the things that we needed. And then we get to the cash register and I realize, although I remembered my son, I forgot my wallet. And so I'm sitting there and I say, I got to go to the car and get my wallet. And one of the supervisors stopped and said, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll pay for it. And I said, ma'am, thank you so much. That's a kind gesture. But I'm going to go to my car and get my wallet and come back and pay for it. And so I take my son, I go out, and I go to the car and get my wallet. And on my way back into the store, she is coming out with my bag of stuff. And she said, here you go, don't worry about it. And I grabbed that bag and internally this is what I felt is that you cannot buy what's already been purchased. And some of you need to understand that you are trying to make this thing happen. You are trying to use your good works to please God, but you cannot buy what has already been purchased. God already purchased your salvation. You've been bought with a price and you've been freed eternally. That's the good news of the gospel, that we can't do it on our own, but God has done it for us. He has paid the price that needed to be paid. It leads us to the second truth that God wants to flood our lives with is that salvation is a byproduct of the sacrifice of Jesus. That our salvation is a byproduct of the sacrifice of of Jesus. Verse 4 says, Jesus gave his life for our sins just as the Father planned to rescue us from this evil world that we live in. I want to help you. You need to understand that Jesus was always God's plan for salvation. 
Revelation 13 and 8 says the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. In other words, that God knew we were going to mess up. God knew we wouldn't be able to do it on our own. God knew we were going to need help. And he still said, I'm going to create them. And before I create them, knowing that they're going to fall, knowing that they're going to make mistakes, knowing that there's going to be some issues, I'm going to provide a way for them to get back to me. They can't do it on their own, but I'm going to do it for them. And it was always God's plan to rescue us, to save us from this evil world we live in. There are two aspects that, and the reality is God just wants to save us and free us. He wants us to walk in the freedom that he has purchased for us. Jesus gave his life so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. If I, I, I can depict this a little um, clearer, Tommy, will you come up here? I wanna show y'all this with a, a, a quick demonstration because sometimes what we get often, we lack appreciation for. And what we haven't been reminded of, we miss the primary, primary pr uh, premise of. And I want you to understand because of sin because of sin we were separated from God and what happened is we've had to put on a coat that didn't belong to us Romans 5 and 12 talks about because of what Adam did we now have sinned through him because of Adam's sin we have sinned. And if you look, this jacket is short in some places on Tommy and it's big in other places on Tommy because it wasn't Tommy's thing. Uh, Tommy didn't do this, but because of what Adam did, we are reaping the benefits and it's not really a good benefit. Y'all know when some people uh, say this is a benefit and you, you're like, no, that's a detriment. This is what Adam gives us. It's this coat of sin that we were, uh, in fact, David says we are born in sin, shapen in iniquity. And we have to wear the thing that was given to us from Adam. Some of you see this in your own life. You see, your great-grandfather was a drunk. Your grandfather was a drunk. And now you are struggling with drunkenness. Some of you see this in your own uh, lives where your, your grandmother suffered from abuse and your mother suffered from abuse and now you find yourself in an abusive situation. And I want to tell you that this happens because of what Adam did. This generational curse has been passed on to us. Well, brothers and sisters, uh, the good Americans and overachievers we are, we don't just settle for Adam's jacket. We add to it with our own stuff, with our own envy, with our own drunkenness, with our own pride, with our own adultery, with our own cheating, with our own gluttony, with our own abuse, with our own murder, with our own gossiping. We add to it. And even when it falls, we pick it up and we add to it our own <laughs> lust and our own greed. And we add all those things to ourselves. And here's the reality. Romans 6 and 23 says that the wages of sin is death. This is the penalty. This is the consequence of this jacket. Because of this, we deserve 
death. Death physically, death spiritually, death emotionally. Because of sin, we deserve death. But I love the rest of that verse because there's a negating word in there called but. And you've probably seen this happen in your life when somebody has said, I don't mean to be rude, but you know everything that's coming after is going to be rude. (laughs) When somebody says, I don't mean to be critical, but every single word that's coming after that but is going to be critical. That negating word cancels out everything that was said before. And this is what God does for us. He says the wages of sin is death, but I'm going to take this jacket off you. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, the gift of God is eternal life. And what God does is he takes this, our dirty jacket, and he puts it on himself. It was never intended for him. It was never meant for him. But in order to save us, he takes our dirty and filthy jacket and gives us what was made for him. And he puts his righteousness on our life. He puts his goodness on our life. And so instead of seeing our sins, God sees his son, his perfect and full son who has paid the price for forgiveness of sins. This is the good news of the gospel. And we have heard it over and over, but we need to be reminded that God has paid the price. He has freed us from the penalty of sin. The penalty doesn't apply to us anymore. And notice how this jacket is fitted because it was always God's plan. Salvation looks good on you because God tailor-made it for you. Salvation is good on you because God designed it for you to bring you back to himself. But here's the challenge, because we like this jacket. It looks good. It feels good. We enjoy having the freedom from the penalty of sin. Well, what happens a lot of times, my brothers and sisters, is that although we've been freed from the penalty of sin, we still hold on to some lingering sins. We hold on to the things that we've been struggling with and we miss the freedom that God really called us to. And here's what we do, we wanna hold on to these things and this is what we miss. Because of what Jesus has done, it doesn't stick anymore. It was not made to stay with you anymore. That Adam's jacket, it was intended to stick to you. But Jesus' righteousness made sin bounce off of you. But the only way it stays is if we hold on to it. The only way it stays is if we don't let it go. And this is what God is trying to say to each and every one of us, that he did not come just to free us from the penalty of sin, but he came to free us from the power of sin. Sin does not have power over your life anymore. Sin is not your master anymore. The Lord Jesus is your master. And in fact, Romans 8 and 2 says, and since you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin. 
So yes, you used to be prejudiced, but you're not prejudiced anymore. Yes, you used to have uh, unforgiveness, but you've been freed from that. Yes, you used to have self-righteousness, but you've been freed from that. You may have lied before, but that is not who you are anymore. God freed you from what was, and he gives you power to walk in freedom to what is. And this is the truth of the gospel. And we have not received all of what he has for us until we walk in freedom from the penalty of sin and walk in freedom from the power of sin. Romans 8 and 1 says, for there is no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. You can walk in freedom. You can walk in freedom because of what God has done for you. You've got to realize that you are wearing what God has made for you. He says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, he says who the sun sets free is free indeed. You don't have to have anything hidden in your pockets anymore. I know the enemy said you are always going to struggle with that, but God has said where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You can be free. You can walk in freedom. Don't pick up this coat again. This is not meant for you. God has tailor-made something to fit your life. And his grace has come like a flood to overwhelm you. This is not something you can manufacture. This is not something you can control. God says, I am racing and chasing after you to flood your life with my hope, my goodness, my joy, my salvation, my forgiveness. It is all there for you. This is what Paul wants the Galatians to know. That there is nothing added to this other than the work of Jesus. There is nothing that you need to add. There's no prefix that makes you a believer. It's receiving the free grace, the free gift of grace that God has given us. And that's what we are called to do. But here's the last part. And this is my favorite part because I know you've been wondering, God has done all this, why? Why is he doing it? Here's what Paul says in verse 5. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. That's the whole purpose. Salvation's purpose is to give glory to God. The reason why God transformed you, the reason why God is making you anew is because when you wear this coat, it brings him glory. When you walk in his freedom, it brings you glory. When you treat your husband and your wife right, when you are on your job, when you are raising your children under his grace and mercy, it brings him glory. Y'all, scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And this is our response. Our response to what God has done is to give him 
glory. My grandmother used to say it like this, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. And, and, and sometimes we get spiritual amnesia and forget what God has done. Forget what God has delivered us from. Forget where God has taken us from. Because the enemy wants you to see how far you have to go. But God wants to remind you how far he has brought you from. And in those moments, we get to give him glory. When God came through for Abraham, he built an altar and gave him glory. When God showed up in Jacob's life, he built an altar and gave him glory. When God showed up in David's life, he danced and gave him glory. Psalms 50 and 15 says this, in the day of trouble, you will call on me. I will deliver and you shall glorify me. That's our opportunity. And I know sometimes it's uncomfortable for us, but our response to the goodness of God is to give him glory. And we do that each and every day, but something happens when we gather collectively. We get a glimpse and a taste of heaven when we gather collectively and begin to lift our hands and sing songs and worship him. We get to give God glory. He wants us to walk in freedom. There are two people, two groups of people that I want to pray for today. Whether you're watching online, whether you're in this room, whether you're at South Augusta, whether you're in our atrium or our outdoor venue, however you are experiencing the message today, there are some of you who need to receive the forgiveness of sins. You need to receive this free gift of grace that God has for you, that he wants to flood your life with. Today is your day. Today is the day you say yes. Today is the day God's salvation comes like a flood. But there's another group of you who have been wrestling with private things. You've been wrestling with private sins and private bondage and private uh, chains, but I I want you to hear the word of the Lord today that he has come to flood your life with freedom like never before. Today things change. Today you will be set free. Today your life will never be the same in Jesus' name. You belong to God. And he has come to set you free. I want to pray with you. If you would stand with me as we pray. We're going to do... The simple thing, we're going to pray. But after we finish praying, hallelujah, Jesus, we're going to go into a season of worship. We're going to sing a song. And I'm telling you that as we sing the song, the Spirit of the Lord is going to rest in this place. And whatever you were wrestling with is going to be broken off of your life in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever you are praying about, God is going to move in your life like never before. If you need salvation, today is your day. We're going to pray for you. If you need freedom, today is your day. Freedom has come to your house. Salvation has come to your house. God has come like a flood to change everything around you, to wash away all that was.
and to spring forth something new. Let's pray. God, we thank you and we bless you for this day. We thank you for your word that has been declared that you have come like a flood to transform us. God, you have sent your salvation, your free gift of grace to give us peace with God and to grant us peace from God. And God, for the person who has never said yes to you, I pray today would be that day. And if that's you, I want you to say this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, save me. Change me. Make me into the person that you want me to be. I admit that I'm a sinner and I need your help. Rescue me, God. I give my life to you. God, for the person who has said that prayer, I pray that you would transform their lives and start them on the path that you have charted for them. And God, right now, I speak to every person struggling, God. Every person the enemy has spoken in their ear and said, you're always going to struggle with this. You're always going to be bound to this. You're always going to do that. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, it stops today. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We break every generational curse. We break every place of bondage in the name of the Lord Jesus. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So come now, Holy Spirit. Free us, deliver us, and as we lift up your name, let your presence be felt, and you will get the glory, you will get the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen, amen, and amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.